BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, yo, check this out. This is DJ Evil D, you know what I'm saying? Representing Beat Miners, Black Moon, Rocksteady Crew. Man, bouquet. I got a lot of jobs, you know what I'm saying? But that, 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 that's enough of that, you know what I'm saying? But word up, let me tell y'all something right now. What you need to do is you need to make sure you subscribe and download the podcast Library Rap, the hip-hop interviews with Tim Einickel. Word up. Yo, you need to make that happen. Word up, you know what I'm saying? Because this is, this is, this is hip-hop right here. It's hip-hop in podcast form, and it's very informative. Do what you got to do. Word up. See you in a mouth. The charm be a part of your mind. Let the rhyme intertwine like a vine. Work your mentally found intellect. I raise eyes like the sight of a tech. Let's take a trip inside of my thoughts. Will I persevere on the mic like sports? Take me in stride, oh, she's worth listening. Watch the trip. He's dope. He's a genius. These are just a couple of the verbs I've constantly heard from hip hop artists about my next guest. And they are absolutely correct. He's OC, and I want to welcome him to Library Rap, the hip-hop interviews with Tim Heineke. Thank you so much for being here. It is quite an honor. Ah, made it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, man, you're, you're obviously your 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 body of work speaks volumes, and it's really a very appreciative to have you uh, the opportunity to talk to you uh, today on the sh- on the podcast. Um, you know, I know I'm talking to you down south, but you you know you were born in and raised in Brooklyn. And you've obviously quite, you've moved since then. Uh, I've, as mentioned prior to this, I've lived in New York City all my life. Right. Uh, and it's now becoming, It's a, for a while it's been the city just for the wealthy man and woman. And it's hard to, you know, make a, make a, you know, make a living and actually have money at the end of the day living here. Right. Well, think about it. It's been the... It's always been a, 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 a city for the wealthy man, but it was sort of hidden before. In a sense, right. like, you know, we couldn't cross the bridge when we was kids and stuff like that without getting harassed and things of that nature. But now it's just, it's it's really not for people who are below the, the, the poverty line. Like, if you don't have money, you shouldn't be in New York at this point. Right. I mean, yeah, because I mean, the, the, the wealth... The wealth line expands now over to those, you know, over the bridges and exactly. You know, um, but for you, like, how how has that expansion, um, I mean, changed? Not just your neighborhood that you grew up in, but think is think about in hip hop culture changing, kind of the the aspects of the neighborhood that were very inspiring to you as an artist and you as a kid. Well. 
I mean, I was fortunate enough to grow up in Brooklyn and in Jamaica, Queens. So I lived mm. in Brooklyn and Queens. The landscape has probably always been the same, but you know, things change, people change. Yo, I never, I never really thought about gentrification when I was young. So to see gentrification in, in not even in Brooklyn, in a place like South Jamaica, Queens, is weird to me. It's super weird um, as opposed to looking back, you know, over my life and, and, and looking at these neighborhoods and, and understanding how the music became a part of me from, from you know, park jams to clubs later on and stuff like that. Like, it, it it's a total 360 to me. It's a total 360 and... and I think I always say to people, if had I, I came out now, the music, my music wouldn't have been the same. I don't know if that makes sense, but, you know, my time was 80s, 90s, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Late 70s. So that was my time. I, I was fortunate to be born in that time. So it didn't affect who I am today, but it, mm-hmm. had I grown up, had I been born after the 80s, it, it would have been a totally different thing. And I want to go, because that, that's the thing. So, like, for me, um, you know, I was born in 79, so creating this podcast is really about, mm-hmm. you know, as a, you know, going to school in East Harlem and living in Washington Heights, creating, the, go, being able to not just listen to hip-hop, but listen to rock and, you know, a variety of music, but also at the same time, right. they're you're watching or listening to new music that is coming out, let's say in hip and in rap that, you know, has, it's important, but being a, being a fifth grader, you don't know exactly why it's important, you know, like right. a, a self, a self-destruction or a public, you know? So I, I want to go back to, with you, with to, to, to 94, because, because, you know, I had, I think as you know, I had Buck Wild on the, on the show. And yeah, I watched it. When he, I watched yeah. it. And when he it talked dope. about you, he's, thank you so much. And he talked about you, he said, I think he's a great songwriter, but then he also says when he talked about obviously your, your record at uh, Times Up, mm-hmm. he said um, OC made an out made made something that just it stood for something, um, and a lot of artists don't do that anymore. They don't write records that stand for something. Right. So, can you take us back to the early '90s when what was going on in hip hop music for you? But how did you know to make a record that stood for something? That's the thing I didn't. Um, going back in into the early '90s, um, you gotta understand too. Like this is the weird shit. Hip hop is what forty-seven years old on paper. I'm forty-nine, so I'm older than hip hop on paper. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> in the music business, which I try to explain to people it's been around longer than me mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying but on in a biz from a business app so thinking back to the 90s man all i think about is every artist that came out um was different the climate was different you know um mm-hmm. the music was 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 different because Basically, we had to do the music like, you know, you had to learn the machines, you had to write your lyrics, you had to 
uh, do demos for four or five years before people even thought about, you know, giving you a chance or, or a record company shooting you down 20 times. Like, you know, people don't, I, I, I mentioned this, but people don't understand Russell Simmons said me and Nas sound like G Rap and, and Rock Him sound like knockoffs. Mm. You know what I'm saying? This right. is out of his mouth to search. And, you know, um, yo, it just, it just, that whole, that whole, for me, my thing started in 91 on, on, on paper too, you know, right. Fudge Pudge, obviously, with organized confusion. So, it was just a whole different climate, man. Like, I didn't expect anything from this because I didn't know it was going to go this far. I don't think anybody knew it was going to go this far. Right. You just did the music. You have fun with it. Um, fast forward a little bit. I didn't, you know, we didn't think about money at the time. We just thought about, we worried more about how the people will perceive the music as opposed to us flashing money and, and cars and shit like that. Like, we didn't think about that. So I made a whole lot of money when I wasn't thinking about money. Nice. And when I started needing money, I didn't make as much money as as opposed to me not thinking about it. Mm. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Um, so it, it affected, I see all that to say, it didn't affect my craft in the beginning. I wasn't thinking about bread. I wasn't thinking about shows. I wasn't thinking about what the people thought. You know, um, big up to 50, but I, I remember yourself that you shouldn't be making music. And I, I never agree with that because mm -hmm. I make music for myself. And, and at the end of the day, if people accept it, they accept it. If they don't, then it's nothing I can do about, about that. And, and, I, and I think like... Um... You know, if you, if you look at Time Sub and, and, and the lyrics, that's, you know, sub, fuck who that I, uh, fuck who that I offend. If rappers sit back, I'm about to begin. When you read those lyrics, you're like, those are some ballsy lyrics <laughs> that, you know, yeah. are, you know, essentially calling out MCs back then. Um, mm -hmm. But also indicates to your point that you were making music for yourself and, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, whoever listened, whoever likes it, likes it. Um with those lyrics right. back then, what, what were reactions um, from fellow artists when they heard those lyrics? Uh, was anybody offended by them, or was there more of an appreciation to them? It was more of appreciation. If somebody was offended, they never let me know. You know, um, <laughs> I didn't know. Um, I did that record solely on the strength of, and I ain't going to put nobody, in, no, or throw nobody under the bus, but a lot of my peers wouldn't fuck with me in the beginning producers, you know, I didn't have features because people ain't want to do no records with me. Not because I ain't want to do records with other artists. Like, you know, it's a known fact. Um, the only feature that was, that was slated to be on the album was Nas and he stood me up. You know what I'm saying? You know, I don't, and, and I believe when I uh, watch your interview with Buck. He didn't bring that up, but me and Buck were in the studio for hours. And dude never showed up. But in his defense, he did that to Biggie. He did that to Jay. He did that to other people as well. So, you know, it, it, I, it to me, it wasn't... So that record was basically to everybody who felt like I deserve one belong. That's how I felt at the time. I don't feel like that today, but 
That's yeah. how I felt at the moment because, you know, I was making the rounds with, with, with Prince and March and clubs and, you know, uh, touring with them, you know, um, and people just didn't fuck with me. Like, you know, <laughs> it was just like, cool, not a problem. And that's why me and Buck did basically the bulk of the album. You know, you had other people that produced on it, but Buck did mainly the most, uh, mostly the production because we had no choice and we had to turn in the product to the label. Hmm. Was there a, um, you know, we're obviously at a time now where uh, we've been at this time for a while that you look at a, an artist's album and like every track has like three features on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually like, you know, maybe like a quote unquote super star staff of producers working on it at a time. Was that kind of the same pressure to have as well in terms of having back then having a lot of producers on your album and also trying to have as many features as you can on the album or was that just i mean yeah what what was the thinking then i mean it seems uh-huh. like it seems like they it seemed like in a weird way that the, the it's great that Nas and you know Nas didn't show up to the album because you know he exactly. highlights you more exactly um it to me like i said <clears throat> i wasn't thinking that way back then but thinking about it today it made sense for uh, groups like Tribe Called Quest, Leaders, st- them cats to do features. It made sense for Organized Confusion to do features because they were uh, two or more in the group. Like, <laughs> So thinking back in hindsight on that, unless the record absolutely made sense, I don't, I, you know, I was never big on features, but from the gate, but Particularly with 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 him, it was something that fit in my mind. Something that fit for me and him to do, and it wasn't about like, I mean, this shit is like boxing, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. you know nobody nobody don't want to fight that fighter that will jab their ass to death. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it was competition. It, it, thinking about it now, it was a lot of different things, man. Like. That that weighed in on that situation, so I'm glad I didn't get the feature. Hmm. At this point, I wouldn't be who I am, and you know, I don't think it would affect me whether he did or he didn't. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Or anybody for that matter. Or getting a large professor or premiere on the on the production back then. Like I wanted all of that, but you know, I had to. It was a proving ground for me. Some people proved themselves already. I didn't. I, I think people felt like I didn't improve myself, and you know, it makes sense now. It, it all makes sense to me now. It, it's it's interesting to hear hear that from you, but that that no one wanted to kind of you know mess with you on on on, on, on collaborating on albums because mm-hmm. when when you when you look at this the the very you know when you look at your lyric, the more emotions I put into it, the harder I rock. Uh, it's it's sampled by so many people <laughs> you know exactly uh, uh rappers on the f- danger preem scratch that i was in the video for krs joint like you know i mean how, how does that i mean one can you talk about these lyrics but two like i mean what what is that is, is that a kind of a nice i mean a, a in a nice way a good compliment that you're getting these you know you're getting the the accolades that obviously through music from fellow artists yeah, I mean at this at, at 
at, at that point, I think people were. I don't think people saw that record coming. I didn't see that coming. I didn't. I didn't actually like the record. You know what I'm saying? I felt the record was incomplete. If you think about it, I'm probably one of the pioneers of two verses on a song because that's only two verses. Or one of the one of the guys who pioneered that, you know, by accident. But um, the record just felt incomplete to me. So, you know, it took Surge convincing me. It took Buck convincing me. It took March and Prince saying, you bugging. And I'm like, yo, it just feels incomplete. But then Surge told me later on, like, yo, everybody has those records that, um, how can I say it? Everybody has those records where they don't like it and it usually turns out to be something the total opposite for that artist. Like if you hate the record, right. it turns out to be a big record or it turns out to be a, a stamp of approval for the, the industry on your right. debut. And I didn't, I didn't see that coming, you know what I'm saying? And, and I, you know, I let it fly. I, I just right. let it fly. And it was just like, wow. So the feedback from it, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. I toured with big, I toured with Craig Mack with that record. And then, you know, they took off, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, right. you know, that was a big record. You know, it, the record competed with Flaving Your Air, Juicy, stuff like that back then. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I didn't I didn't ask for that. And I didn't ask to go on the road with them either. It just happened. Um, You know, when you read up on you and you, you know, talk to other artists about you, um, there's, there's this... And through, even through your music, you, you 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 totally understand that you're not just like you're not when you, when you talk about hip hop and hip hop culture, you you kind of you you define all all you check off all the boxes in a way. You're not just a lyricist. You also have respect for uh, the other elements of the culture. Um, so I want to ask you about, uh, and I would and I eventually want to ask you about kind of uh, the DJ and the importance of his or her in, in the art. But um, you know. One thing, another thing that stands out about, and I don't want to keep going on about Times Up, but one thing that stands out about Times Up are the scratches, and uh, Rock Raider, uh, famously oh, doing man. these scratches. Yeah. Um, how did how did he get on this track? I mean, how did you how did you all connect? And 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 what was he able to bring to this track that kind of like, you know, put it over the edge for you? Well, I mean, Rock Raider was part of our crew. You know, he was part of DITC DJ for. Showing AG, he DJ for Vanessa, you know, early on, and he was just part of our crew, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think he had won the DJ battle, World Supremacy, and all of that around that time. He was winning battles and stuff, but he was just nice. And um, like I said, going back to the record, I just felt like the record was incomplete. So, you know, fast forward, I go home, I listen to the record again and again and again, and I'm like, it needs scratches. So I came up with the Slick Rick sample to fly it in. And I was like, nah, this needs to be scratched. And, and um, Buck was like, let's ask Raider. You know what I'm saying? And he ended up doing Time's Up and he did Ozone. You know what I'm saying? He did the scratches on Ozone as well. And it it, it turned out the way it did. Why? Why did you choose? Uh, why? Well, actually, why did you choose Slick Rick as the uh, the sample you wanted? In my mind, it fit, and 
Probably because he's my favorite artist. Yeah, nice. Yeah. That's my favorite artist. I think he's a genius to this day. Like, you know, his record came, his, his debut album came out in 88. That's just standing the test of time today. Yeah, it's true. I think that's one of the first albums I, I know, you know, back to front, front to back. Back to front, front to back. Everybody, I mean, come on. Jay made his record called The Rulers Back. Not because right. he came up with the title he made that because of rick right of course yeah yeah no no it's like it's an incredible record it's probably as an 11 year old though i probably it probably would have got smacked a few times if uh i started saying treat it like a prostitute in front of my mom <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly see it was ballsy too it was everything like yo i look at um if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if his record is in the Rolling Stone top albums of all time, but if it's not, it's it's supposed to be there. Right, it's, definitely. It's, be. it's a it's a it's a treasured record. It's not even a hip hop record to me at this point. Right, and it covers also all the. I mean, it goes from like, you know, teenage uh, love to te- yeah, exactly. Don't do drugs to partying to fashion to. You know, I, I was fronting and I got stuck up. Like he, he was honest. He was honest, mm-hmm. and, and and what was crazy about it too was the voices, man. I never heard no shit like that in my life. Right, right. No, that's you know he's uh, doing his own alter ego stuff, and you know if I can think about that now, it seemed like maybe people didn't want to fuck with him, and he was mm-hmm. like, "All right, I'll do the you know I'll do my own uh, back talk to myself and." And look what it came out to be. Turned out to be one of the best albums. Yeah, one of the greatest albums of all time. All time. BP added more than seventy billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, so I went through this uh, in the 90s. I went through this weird uh, stage. I, I don't know if it's a weird stage, but uh, of of... When, if there was any hip hop on commercial radio, I thought it was shitty. We uh, all, yo, I got crucified for that shit, but go ahead. You know, I know. And then, like in hindsight, like you know, I, I I had the opportunity to speak to Easy Mo B, and you know, realize that, like you know, I mean, realize that it wasn't all, it wasn't all that bad. Uh, you know, like I mean, there's some classic, uh, and and it's it's interesting when 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 I had. Um, you know, when Buck Wild was on and he talked about how Puffy wanted to sign you after hearing mm-hmm. Time's Up. And then I could, I was trying to make that connection between like, how would that work? And OC and a Puffy, especially in that, in that era of, you know, the, the blink Chinese suit syndrome, right? As it was famously called. Um, right. 
what was I mean? Did you when did you know that at that time? Did you know Puffy wanted to sign you? And what did you think about that meeting? Uh, what did you think about it for your career? What did you think in terms of someone like Puffy at that time? Obviously, he's a much you know he's a huge guy now, but like mm-hmm. back then, I mean, was it like all right? I got to do this because this is going to make her. You know, this is going to make me. I'm, I'm, I believe because, like I said, I wasn't on nobody's radar at first. So I went from not being on people's radar to being on a on a um, tour with probably the one of the biggest artists of that year, you know, Craig Mack. And this is what people don't understand, right? I was on the road with Craig and Big. Big had a gold single already. Juicy was gold already. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I was seeing every night, people wasn't coming out to see me and Big. People was coming to see Craig Mack. Oh, it's... People was coming to see Craig Mack. So um, I say all I have to say, I think Puff was like, who the hell is this? And then he heard the record. And then, you know, I could equate that to what Jay is doing today. He's consolidating all the artists. Like, you see how all these artists are under Jay-Z now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think Puff was was envisioning that back then, but he didn't want to sign me to the label. It was a it was a, a it was about the management, and he definitely told me he was going to remix the whole album, and I said no. And the whole idea went out the door, and basically kicked me out of his office. And that's it. And that that was kind of yeah. He was no, no nonsense. He was just like you know. Oh, what? Like, you telling me, like, no? Yeah, you mixing my album? Like, like, what are you going to do for me? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you telling me, that ain't no guarantee. I don't give a fuck who you is, you know what I'm saying? And, and he wanted to remix the whole album. He had an idea of remixing the whole album. And I'm sure the ideas was okay, but I just didn't, you know, I didn't want nobody touching my work. Mm, right. I mean, I imagine remixing as well as with like a bunch of features as well, right? I imagine. Probably. I can imagine, you know, you know, like I said, I had a relationship um, uh, with Craig's, you know what I'm saying? We was cool, you know what I mean? So, um, I don't know, maybe he put in the word for me, but, you know, sitting in front of Puff and, and, and telling me that, it was just like, nah, this ain't going to work because I'm definitely defiant. And, you know, he's a control freak and it's not going to happen. Right. Um, And and, and I want to, you know, I want to ask you about the, obviously the the producer, main producer Mm -hmm. behind this album, um, you know, Buck Wild. And, you know, we're obviously, we're at this age where you don't have to be in studio with anyone to create a song. You don't even have to be a, you could call yourself a producer, but. Right. Which is weird as fuck, but. Right, you're a beat maker, somewhat, I guess. That's emailing you a song that you might, you know. Um, so, what is it about? Like, what is it about Buckwell that he's as a producer brings to the studio session that you know a few, not many producers bring to sessions? Buck is basically outspoken, but um, when it comes to me and him, I don't know, man. We just click like. He'll let me take in, even if he's not sure about an idea, I'll explain it to him or um, I'll let it be known. Let me just do it so you can understand it. You'll understand it better if, if I if I lay down a, a skeleton 
You know what I'm saying? But Buck is a producer. Like he produced. I, I listened, I took his his guidance. I took um what he said. If a word is not right, yo, oh, I don't, don't feel right to me. I don't feel good to me. It feel good to you. Nah. You know, I change it. Like I, I take his 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 guidance. You know what I'm saying? And I think um I told Showbiz that a few years back when me and him was doing uh, same moon and new dawn projects. I said, yo, I don't want to pick none of the music no more. Like I, I just want you, I want to be produced again. Cause mm-hmm. I found myself after Bucky and Ness and being spoiled and being in the digging, uh, group that with a bunch of producers that I had an ear for picking music, but people didn't have this ear to, to, uh, find the right music for me, not my crew, but, you know, people outside of the circle, you know, you have beat makers and you have producers and my crew to me is producers. Like these guys, you know, are the real deal. So with Buck, it was just always, you know, um, shooting ideas back and forth and mainly me and him being in the studio by ourselves with the engineer, no DITC, other DITC members, unless, you know, we was working you know, we we kept it super strict. At least that's how I did it with him. Mm. And I, I'm going to ask you about other producers, um, which I, I knew, but I kind of didn't know. So I don't know why I wrote. I didn't really know. But, uh, we, we you know, I, I know Organized Confusion, right? They're mm-hmm. Pharaoh and Prince Bo, uh, obviously two incredible artists mm-hmm. and MCs. Uh, and they're producers. I mean, they, they produced a few they're tracks producers. for you on work. And yeah. what is they it about? They produced their whole debut album, basically, you know, with the exception of a couple of joints. Right. And and uh, and I think uh, Farrow did Simon Says as well. Uh, exactly. I play. Well, um, him and his partner is, Lee did Simon Says, I, I believe. Right. Yeah, I think, yeah. Right, I think at least, yeah, I think you're totally right on that. But and what's interesting is also he's, they're, they're MC. So what is it about, How is how does that change kind of the, and in a good way, the dynamic of when you're working with a producer that's also an MC uh, that also could like challenge you lyrically as well, you know? I mean, that's some songwriting shit. Like, it's just like, um, I don't know if Buck mentioned this on your interview. I, I don't think he did, but you know, the, the, the faith record, I love you was my record first. Oh, wow. You know, Buck produced, I love you. Um, I had the record before Faith. I did a record called Master Your Eyes. You know, it's all on the internet or whatever. It's been on the, on the internet for years. But um, when I did the record, I wasn't. It felt incomplete to me. So I believe Buck was in in uh, Daddy's house on Hitman Studios, or whatever, and. He played, he was playing music for Faith for somebody and she mistakenly heard that that joint and wanted the record. So when Buck presented it to me, I was like, you know, this is demo stuff, you know, and that's Faith Evans. She get busy, she's an incredible songwriter, incredible vocalist, let her have it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I just felt like I couldn't do it no justice the way she mm. would. You know what I'm saying? And I've done that with a lot of music. I've done it with Woe. Woe was a, a record for the DITC first uh, debut album. 
but not everybody agreed on it. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of shit that I pick that people's like, mm, it's cool. Or, it, you know, it might resonate with you, but it don't with me. And it was like, all right, we'll pass on it. Right. You know, but um, just just the producer's aspect, man, they don't get enough credit. Mm-hmm. I don't believe producers get enough credit, man. Like, you know, I know what I do with the pen and stuff like that. But like I said, um, most of the guys that I've dealt with over the years, they produced me. I didn't produce them because I've produced beat makers before, you know, features and shit like that and arrange their stuff. And I learned that from Buck, Show, Ness, Diamond, you know what I'm saying? Premier, K Capri, stuff like that. You know what I mean? All right. I mean, you 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 come from this. Um, you know, in early '90s, you come from this incredible class of lyricists and also lyricists that could be producers and producers. And and when you think about when uh, in '94, when when your album debuted, Word Life dropped, mm-hmm. you also came out the same year with Nas's Omatic, Ready to Die, Outcast mm-hmm. on the playlistic. Um, you know, Jay the Damages, The Sun Rises in the East, Ray Kwan's mm-hmm. only built for Cuban Lake, Smith Weston's The Shining, Big Al's yeah. Lifestyles. You know, that graduate uh, class right there was crazy. Yeah, what what is it about '94 <laughs> that kind of produced? Well, one produced this incredible class, but two, when you're when you were creating your album, were you aware what was going on? Like, I mean, were you at all? I know obviously the internet didn't exist then, but were you kind of aware what other artists were doing at the time? Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Like, um, I never forget when Guru was putting together the Ill Kid, which, you know, uh, debuted, I believe, Rule in, in, in Group Home. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, that was, see, people think that was Preem's brainchild, but that wasn't. That was Guru's brainchild in the beginning. You know, that was all they, they dudes, but um, if I'm not mistaken, that was Guru's thing. Like I said, it came out on L Kid, so they hear that come clean and um, no, no. The motherfucking man and stuff like that. Come clean wasn't even done yet. To hear the, the change-ups and the, it, it just, it made everybody stay on uh get on the a game when making music that's that's the best i can describe it because i think nobody wanted to come out and be called whack you know what i'm right. saying so shit now i think about it man being in the studios on a regular on a on a normal day you would have beat miners smith and wesson healthy skelter black moon Basically, the whole duck down in and out. You would have um, the whole Gangstar Foundation. You would have KRS. You would have Rockefeller. You know, um, Source Money. You have all these different artists, but it, we didn't think about it at the time. I don't believe. Like, damn. Like, this is the creme de la creme in New York, or pieces of it. You know what I'm saying? You know, you ran right. into Raekwon, you ran into Ghost, ran into Wu. So that shit was incredible to me. I just think I cherish it more now. I don't, you know, right. I didn't, I don't think we thought about it back then because we was in the moment. But God damn, 
D&D was a hot spot. You know, um, I did uh, trophies a few years back, and right. I did the album in in um in probably eight nine hours. You know what I'm saying? I recorded the whole album, and Apollo. I would tell Apollo to stop me. You know, do if he had mistakes or whatever. So I think we got through maybe six or seven records halfway and he stopped me and I was like, okay, you need me to go back. And he was like, yo, man, (laughs) thank you. I apologize. And I'm like, what? what?" He was like, yo, you are fucking extraordinary. And I was like, nah, what people don't understand. And I say all I have to say is I could do that shit. Wu-Tang could do that shit. Black Moon could do that shit. Smith and Wesson, on any given night, niggas could record an album without having, you know, w- without even blinking. A full length mm-hmm. album. You know what I'm saying? So I think me being, I still like to say, me being around all these artists and, and just the magic dust floating around in the air, that shit rubbed off on each, on, on all of us. We all rubbed off on each other. It'll never be a class like that ever again. I, I'll look for it, but it's not. It'll never be. I, mean, I, I think it was also, from what you just said, but what's also incredible about um, not just uh, each, you know, cl- the class kind of rubbing off on each other is that when you, you even think about uh, just the way you're, I think for me, just the way your mind works in terms of the writing process and and, 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 and being able to, select a sample or that you want scratched into a track mm-hmm. um and then write around it and 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 I, I bring that up because um you know i, I was talking with a js1 about your project you did with uh, the track you did with him uh, beyond yeah and he talked about um how you had this idea for the scratch of beyond the walls of intelligence by nas right and then you took that scratch and then you kind of wrote an entire song that uh, based on that scratch, which to me is just pure genius. Um, how does how does that work? I mean, how, what is? Can you take us into for this moment, this creative process on just having a scratch and then writing an entire track around it? Um, I think that that's a cheat code for me. I think that's a cheat code for a lot of people who not. <laughs> it's easy to do it if you. I think the kid could do that. You know, if you give them the basics in school, learn how to read, penmanship. Um, you know, proofreading all that stuff. I still like to say, basically, you know, if I was given a, a titles like that throughout to to record a whole album, I would probably have an album done in a day. Oh wow! Because I mean, you're giving that's like sort of like a cheat code in a sense. I, I don't know if that makes sense or not. Like, if you give me a clean feed such and such and i research clean feed and you know it, it it gives me fuel you know i'm already ahead of the curve because i'm you know clean feed has has meaning to it or it's a company or it's whatever it is you know what i'm saying it's a it's a, a audio or it, it's easy for me to do that I, I can't even explain how it's done it's just give me a title and and I usually do that with, with the producers. Like, yo, if you feel like you have a idea, give it to me. You know what I'm saying? Or, or, or break it down to me. 
And, you know, we did that a lot. Me and Buck did that a lot. Is this also something that you use during, uh, or you could, I don't know if you use something during freestyling. I mean, are you able to, is that, is that I mean, the equivalent of being like when someone throws out words, it's a little easier to create the rhyme of a freestyle versus if you have to do, you know, generally off the top of your head without any concepts behind it. Yeah, that's just it, man. I, I've never been a freestyle. Yo, I ain't never been right. a battle rapper, none of that. Like, some people assume certain things, but I'm like, um, you know, it, it, to hear certain things, you know, I'll get an idea and keep it to myself and build in my head. But, uh, yo, that's just another uh, 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 skill in itself. You know, mm. yeah. people oh, yeah, just definitely. rock off the top of their dome and make perfect sense on some supernatural shit. Like, you know, them guys is, is geniuses to me. Craig G, Super, Supernat. Um, you know, uh, uh, Eminem, you know, um, Rhyme Fest, like these guys is geniuses and I'm, I'm forgetting a whole bunch of people, but that's not easy. That takes mm. years and years of practice. I want to go back to trophies. Cause when, uh, when, when, uh, when Apollo Brown in 2012 was interviewed by Torre from, uh, rappers out of control, um, mm -hmm. why he wanted to work with you on this album. The quote is always one of the greatest MCs out ever. One, what is the reaction to your statement? But why did and for you, why did you want to work with Apollo Brown? Just to do something different. I always, um, I've always worked with people who was either on the same page in the sense that that I was trying to get on, or, or I just saw some like he's he was out already, but I think he had the left project out prior to that but you know it didn't it didn't get as big until after he's you know he he put in his body of work later on but i don't know it was just something about him man like his uh his energy for for wanting to do a project together and you know he sent me a bunch of music you know what i'm saying and then we had a long conversation for a few hours just talking about life in general and from that conversation, he came up with trophies. That was his idea. That was totally his idea. And, you know, like I just said before to you, you know, I always tell people, if you have something that you feel like we could, we could build on, you know, bring it to the table. Don't be, don't be afraid to, to talk about it. Like, I'm not going to shut it down. You know what I'm saying? I'm open to it. And, you know, trophies was his idea. Um, I remember him, us not arguing in a in you know in a bad way, but arguing about um, whose name was gonna go first. Because I was like, "Yo, it's your project. Your name should go first. And he was like, "Nah, but you the vet." And I was like, "That don't mean shit. Like this is, I'm basically a feature artist on on your production. That's it. We not a group. None of that. So put a pile of brown." featuring OC, but they turned around and did Apollo Brown and OC, and I was like, it's cool. You know, you look at that project and, and, and you think about uh, uh, concept songs that you've had this kind of, I think, incredible ability to write, and you look at, uh, uh, you know, Nautica off the project. Right. Uh, who, who, well, one, whose idea was that, but two, how do you, how do you, um, 
come up with that concept and then find with Apollo the, the, the kind of that how do you know the perfect beat that matches with it um, especially when you're trying to convey such you know a story about a, you know kind of a, essentially a storm hitting uh, New York oh no nah, that was easy that was a um like I said, he had uh, sent me like, literally, he sent me like 38 to 40 joints. And I was super impressed, but I would ride around in my truck at the time and listen to the music. You know, I would do that in general, but I lived in uh, Greenpoint at the time. So I lived down the block from the, you know, the East River. And it just happened to be a super... I don't know which hurricane it was, but it was it was a hurricane coming and I seen the water rising up at the dock, you know, where I would park at and, and just look out onto the water. And that shit was it I seen it throughout the day, going back to the back and forth to the driving back and forth to the dock, the water level. And yo, then I just got possessed right there. Like I came up with the Nautica. Like, I wrote that right there on the spot. You know what I'm saying? And that was probably one of the early records that was written, you know, um, early on. You know what I'm saying? And it made sense to me because I always tell people at the end of the day, I write from a perspective of everyday life. Like, I used to get writer's block. I don't get writer's block no more at this point. It's always something to talk about. You know, we we living and breathing. You and I are living and breathing. Like, it should never be a, a time where you couldn't do journalism and do an interview with somebody. It's too many artists not to. And right. I, I just felt this. I feel the same way about um, writing, man. Like, getting stuck in things of that nature, that shit don't apply to me no more. Like I can write at will, but I can really write if I get something in front of me that's really, you know, evoking that 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 feeling. So if I get mm-hmm. some incredible production in front of me, you're gonna get an incredible record. If you put some mediocre in front of me, music in front of me, that's what you're gonna get. Um, yeah, before we, uh, we we continue to uh, and move up in in, in your your career, uh, I wanted to, you know, you obviously worked with incredible producers and artists, and I want to kind of throw out their names to you, and then get kind of you know a couple of sentences of kind of why do you work with them, and also what is it about them as artists that stand out to you. Um, so of course I have to ask you about uh, first off, uh, Ag. A is a genius. A is. A is literally a genius. I don't say that with no bullshit. Like, dude, I feel stupid around A sometimes. Like, um, the guy's just a, a genius. I mean, in general, like <laughs> Einstein, <laughs> straight up. And me and him used to argue, like, on tour and shit like that because I would say something that was wrong and he would correct me. And we would get into an argument because we have a similar personality. But um, that's my twin right there. Me and dude, you know, we made one album together, but um, that song, that album came from a song called Weed and Drinks on Bon Appetit. And 
we waited years after that to do an album, but like it was a no-brainer working with Eight. Like me and him, we make great music together. Is there a uh, is, this is is there a track that a, that AG kind of wrote that you 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 like you know it's one of those tracks that he wrote that you kind of said oh man I wish I wish I wrote that <laughs> yeah he wrote this record called um we both did solo records on on um the Oasis album he wrote this record called God's Gift and he was like you want to put I was like man fuck you like I ain't putting no verse on that man like, it's you know, it's complete. Right. And I wish I was on it, but I knew I would have brought this song down had I got on it because I would have been trying so hard to compete with him on that record. Right, right. I got you. Oh, that's cool. And it's not how, it's not a hard record. It's what he wrote, the feeling of it. Mm. Next producer I want to ask you about is uh, uh, you do, you've collaborated with uh, Ray West, so I kind of want to ask you about uh, the project you guys did together and what was it about him that made you want to collaborate and um, what is it about him as a, as a producer that kind of stands out? No rules. Ray has no rules. And um, I'm going to make this clear every time I do an interview and I, I've been doing it. The, the whole... Um, just my personal opinion, and it started with Rock Marcy. Like Ray had a hand in a lot of that stuff. People don't really know that, you know. Him and Rock Marcy is is is, is real tight. So mm-hmm. a lot of the music, a lot of the style of music that's been that's been ushered in by the Griselda's, the Hus Kingpins, the the Chair, the Chade, the uh, Shisha Pat. Like Ray started that. Like, dude has no rules. Like, he'll move some shit up and, or he'll produce something or he'll chop something. And I'm like, that's it. And he like, that's it. And we would sit down and laugh because he like, yo, you ain't got to write a whole 16 to that. Oh, if you feel you want to stop at seven bars, <laughs> stop. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, that shit don't. But I have to go by somebody else's vision. Mm-hmm. And it made sense. And it was like, okay, like, I'm not counting bars on here. He's like, nope. And I'm like, yo, that's awkward for me. He's like, no, it's not. Just, you know, like I said, once again, produce me. And it worked. So it's, got, it's, 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 it's great to listen to you talk about letting producers produce you because mm-hmm. there has to be this, this trust, right? I mean, it's, it's, because ultimately, it's 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 your voice that we're going to hear. Right. So if the if, you know the beat's weak, or you know, unfortunately, a lot of times you you as the artist will get blamed for that, right? But exactly. not you know. Um. So so before I ask you about the next person, next artist, uh, I want to. Where do you? Where have you? And you've touched on it, but where did you? Did did it take a while to 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 gain get this? You know trust producers to produce you i mean or was it just a natural thing for you Nah, it was a natural thing and and i learned that from from um prince and march like you know when i did fudge pudge i was around them prior to that you know from living in you know me and march was neighbors in south side jamaica he lived across the street from me that's how i met prince through him they went to high school together but i say all that to say um, when we did Fudge Pudge, I'll never forget 
it was a large professor was in the studio with us, you know, some of our crew. And at this time, I've been dealing with music. So, you know, um, they would let me know off top. Ah, that's trash. Uh, That's cool. You know, especially Prince. Prince is more vocal and outspoken than Pharaoh. So it would be like, yo, don't sound like us. You know, sound like yourself. And I used to get upset at that because I look up to them dudes. So I would be like, sound like, you know, that's a compliment for me to be sounding like y'all. And they was like, nah, like, we not fucking with you. Fast forward, um, as they began to hear my demos, it just happened to be at the end of the album, you know what I'm saying, at this point. And they surprised me with that. That, that was the last record on, on the Organized Confusion album. And they was like, yo, um, you ready? And I was like, ready for what? And they, they came up with the beat. Um, Anton, the engineer, power play, played the, the keys on it. And I was so afraid, but anxious, excited, all at the same time. It just, you know, I was like, yo, I'm going to just put my best foot forward. They either like it or they not. And they let it fly. You know what I'm saying? It became one of their biggest records on the album. You know, uh, as far as um, to the people. You know what I'm saying? Mm. To certain people. You know, but um, it was totally opposite of what they did. If you listen back to that album on on that record, as opposed to hypnotical gases or prisoners, like these dudes were super lyrical back then. Right. So I didn't know where I fit. Right, right. No, that's amazing. Um, another artist I think that um, not not just lyrical, but also when he goes in on a track, he goes in on a track is uh, is apathy. Uh, oh man. W- what is it about? I mean, yeah, I don't think people talk about apathy enough. Um, I think and he's obviously brings when he brings his shit to the table, he brings his shit to the table. What is it about uh, him as an artist that few people kind of get about him, and 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 why? What what, what is it about him that kind of helps you? I think step up your your game as an artist. I look at app like Pharaoh. I look at him in the same vein as Farrell when it comes to um, lyricism and a writer. Like, you know, when 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 App stepped in me first at an organized confusion reunion, and he basically was like, um, he he was fanned out, and I'm gonna explain it, but. He was fanned out. He had OC, uh, Word Life on cassette. <laughs> he had Organized <laughs> Confusion, uh, Stress Extinction Agenda on cassette. I believe he had the debut on cassette. And I'm looking at him, and he like, yo, I'm apathy. I'm like, I know you are. Like, what's up, man? And we laughed. <laughs> and he was like, yo. He stood there for a second. He was like, yo, can you sign this for me? And I was like, what? <laughs> and we laughed again. And then we, I don't know, we just got cool. We exchanged numbers and then he started asking to produce. Like he was he was like, yo, I have an idea. He's really a go-getter. App is a super go-getter. So he like, yo, I want to produce an album for you. I was like, I don't even know you. Fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> and um, 
it turned into what about later on down the line, like just talking and having conversations on the phone and what about us doing an album? And I was like, yo, that don't, I don't know if me and you fit. Like, you know, he's super, don't get it wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting myself beneath the radar of, of, of lyricists, but I'm a lyricist in a different way. These guys, to me, they, they go rabbit hole lyricists. I don't know if that makes sense. But right. dudes yeah, like yeah. Apathy and Farrell and Chino XL and Rash Cash and you know, they, they go they go cerebral deep. And I, I, I do cerebral shit, but they some other motherfuckers to me, like they superheroes to me. Right. I see what you're saying. Like, yeah. I got you. Like, you're like, how the fuck did you come up with that? What yeah. are you thinking? Yeah, right. No. So to listen back to me and App's album, it was like, damn, I fit. And he like, why wouldn't you? And I was like, because it's, you know, some things ain't meant to be together, man. You you obviously continue to do, to, to, to write. You continue to do music. And in uh, 2018, uh, with PF Cutting, you released Opium. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the track, on the track 88, uh, it's a, there's a one there's an incredible display of sampling and scratching and what you spit is um, so there's a display I'm trying to describe this the best I could um, at one part of the song there's there's some scratching and sampling and then after that coming out of that scratch and sample you spit bomb squad collage pf set the mood got it feeling like a pe interlude in a time wrap between 87 and 92 can you kind of talk about the meaning behind these lyrics but also talk about the impact of the of bomb squads you know the legendary bomb squads production on you as an artist um i i, I think subconsciously when I listen to PF, you know, I think about Blase, right? Then I think mm-hmm. about him being from East New York and being living around the corner from J. Rue and I fooling him. To me, I think that just from them being from the same area, that the sound was similar, right? So, I believe I went over to P.S. Crib and, and Sean was still alive. Sean P. was still alive at this time. But I went over there to, to lay vocals and, and, you know, for features and stuff like that. I would go to P.S. Crib and um, he's playing me music that he's, production he's doing for people. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm, I'm knocking this album out with Sean. You know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And I'm like, wow. So fast forward, we do a few more, I do a few more uh, outside features, you know, playing vocals in his crib. And um, Pete passes away. Mm. And PF was in a, a, a different space after that. I seen it, you know what I'm saying? And, um, I just basically was like, yo, man, like, you know, music is therapy, basically. And let's 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 record a couple of records. Or he he put the idea to me and we started recording records and it felt like a guru premiere moment for me. That record remind that album reminds me of some guru premiere shit. And I kept telling him that. And he was like, Word, I was like, Yeah, this shit remind me of Guru Premier moment. This this 
the title, everything. You know, I that's who I channel when when I went in on that album. Guru and Premier together. Like we missing that element right now. BP added more than $70 billion to the US economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's dope. That's real cool. Damn. Another track on the album, um, Easy Work, is, uh, you know, you you lay out your career so far, uh, but obviously you've... You've, you know, I feel like you've you've been known to us since you know at least '94, right? Mm-hmm. Um, why why was this kind of the track and time to kind of in a weird way I think uh, reintroduce yourself to to us as you know who you are? I think us as artists, you know, and I learned this from Fat Joe. I think us as artists, we don't understand. You have to reinvent yourself. Well, I, I'll speak for me. I know I have to reinvent myself, but I have a hard time um, in my mind telling people, having to prove myself time and time again. I shouldn't. That's that's what I say to myself. Like I shouldn't have to prove to people. But music is so these days anyway, um, disposable, and everybody's doing it, or everybody feel they can do it, or think they can do it. I have to keep reminding people what I, who I am and what I do. And, yo, it's people that don't know me at this point. You know what I'm saying? And it's a lot of people that do. And people find that weird. But I'm like, nah, it's not weird. It's just, it's a million artists out right now. Literally, like, everybody raps. You walk up to somebody in the street, ask them to uh, spit a verse. There's, like, everybody raps, man. It's not something special. No more. So I have to do my my rock him shit, you know, lay low, you know, uh, let people vibe off my mistake. You know, mm-hmm. people not seeing me too much works in my favor. I don't work for everybody. It just don't work for everybody. So for me, it's just like, um, you know, this is just what it is, man. Like, I have to I have to remind people. I shouldn't have to, but I do. They don't they don't put it like this. They don't embrace people the, the our own peers and 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 people alike don't embrace. You know, they read they'll write us all fast. Like I I heard people talk about G Rap and it was like, yo, that's G Rap, man. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Like you crazy, like that's blasphemy, man. 
to talk any sideways shit about you. He he ushered in styles, if anything. Like it wouldn't you wouldn't be doing what you're doing if it wasn't for him. Right. I mean, yeah, when do you ever do your when people even when people do their top whatever list and they don't have the people that actually the reason why a lot of artists are actually the artists they are is because they're not acknowledging but not acknowledging the people before them. Exactly. But there but there are but but I think what's great is they're also and I so I had after this question, I ha- so I had three more questions for you, but then last night I was uh, editing my interview with Billy Dan's from mm-hmm. MLP, and uh, I t- asked him about you because because um, I was because I was I was prepared to interview you as well, but uh, and and I and I asked him about um, you guys collaborating on MLP collaborating on Down for Whatever back mm-hmm. in um, yeah, ninety eight. And he and, and I think what the incredible thing he said is that because they've they've had all these they've 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 collaborated with you know jay-z and all you know all these people and 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 he said well with with oc oc was the oc was the only feature at that time that we went after that we wanted to collaborate with Mm -hmm. um and and for him it meant to do that because what he said was it means a lot to do something with someone that is dope um uh, how does I mean? I feel like it speaks volumes to you as as an artist and what it means for other artists to collaborate with you. I mean, what if you kind of remember what that collaboration was like? But also, what does it mean for some you know Billy Dance to still talk about to you today about how how impactful I think that collaboration was with you? Because them dudes ain't like I see. I missed I missed their name. They was regulars. In D and D as well, so we all play pool, smoke weed together, smoke the cigarette together, drink forties together, all in in the same spot, right? Listening to their music over time, I've seen these dudes, and they're they're a few years younger than me, but I've seen these dudes morph into some shit that I knew they found their pocket on their second album, like, and I say that I say all that to say. You get past all the gun shit that people say they talk. These dudes is geniuses. They lyricists to me. They're super incredible. They in a whole bottle by themselves, man. Like, I love MOP. Like, it's no category for them in my mind. Like, them dudes is just, um, they extraordinary at what they do. If you ever seen them or if you ever seen a clip, of them recording and their process of recording and all that shit is it's it's unmatched, man. It's unmatched. Like Billy and Fame are they just probably one of my favorite groups ever. Ever. And you know, I, I it's nothing too much I can say about them. Like they're just super incredible. To this day. And you're right, they done shit with Hove and Whoever a uh, bus, you know, buses they man. So people like damn busted, you know. Today the kids busted MOP. Like nah, this is normal for them. They always did collaborations with Buster. <laughs> like it's the same energy. Mm-hmm. Buster's an incredible artist as well, but that energy makes sense because they can they can match energy for energy with each other, and it turns out to be some 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 incredible shit and they're, and they're, I, I, I had the opportunity I think a year or two ago to actually see him a live show and that is just I mean talk about energy that man you know. listen 
I don't want to perform with them. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, they sound like they records. Number one, number two, they're in it. The 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 um the interaction between fame and and, and, and slap. I mean, between fame, uh, slap and dance is they special, man. They got some special shit that they special sauce is crazy. I love them dudes. Period. That's dope. Um, in, in, in 2019, uh, DITC Studios Volume 2 was released, and you're featured you know, on three tracks. Uh, one of the tracks of the album is uh, Juggernauts, featuring, speaking of uh, fame, uh, you you have this, I think, incredible moment um, of you do a salute to Big L with the, with the lyrics. This here's a warning shot in the air, like when you first heard the enemy say I won't stop till I'm in a mm-hmm. box. The flow by Lamont call him the crown prince of the immortals, which is us. Um, how, I, I, you know, I don't think, I feel we talk about Big L a lot, but we don't give him the credit a lot that is due to speaking of birthing a lot of styles. Um, mm-hmm. What what was it about Big L that you know th- impressed you as an artist? Especially uh, was there stuff that he was doing prior to his passing in in hip hop that uh, people do now, or was kind of you know sh- shuttered? Um, I mean, what lessons can we can we use from Big L uh, that we could still use today? Um, Big L knew every rhyme that he wrote, literally. Like, I ain't never seen nobody uh, to this day. And and I, the closest I could probably say is maybe most likely Source Money and Hove. And as far as matching um, so many rhymes and so many rhymes that... You write and you know them all. L had books and books and books of music. I mean, books of rhymes. And dude would battle on the spot. Dude had a verse for anything in the studio. He didn't say it twice. Dude was young, too, and he was just full of energy. Like, he wanted to be a superstar. Mm-hmm. This is what people don't understand. That, that spot so to speak, that Jay is in, that's what L was shooting for. This is what people don't understand. And, and you know, it, it it's mind-boggling when I hear people talk about Jay-Z now, like being a sellout and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I just tell people, well, you want to like Big L at this point <laughs> because <laughs> he was trying to be, he was, he was shooting for the stars the same way Hove did. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and Joe, like, mm-hmm. you know, I believe it was three superstars in our crew circle, you know, that finesse, Big L, and Joe. Joe and L definitely wanted to be superstars. Joe is in the spot that he's in today, you know, because he that's what he wanted. It's no accident. Same thing if L was alive. And, you know, Dude was, um, I think he was he was headed out to, to Cali with Ness too, if I'm not mistaken, to write for Dre. He was one of those those artists um that was going out there to do that, along with I think, I believe Royce and a few other people that was over there with Dre. So he had big things on the horizon, man. Like 
And we had an album that we was putting together. People ain't know that. Show, Showbiz paid me and Ali to do a, a project together. The only song that came of that was um, the Black Mass soundtrack joint, Get Yours. That's the first record we recorded. And he was murdered after that. So, you know, I don't look at it anymore, but I look now, look back now and say, damn, man, what, what would that album have sound like? With show producing the whole album, me and L doing our back and forth thing, or, or you know, just competing against one another. Two different contrast of styles, just competing that and going at each other, or, or going at you know the music heavy, or you know coming up with ideas. And, you know what would that have sound like? You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it fucks me up to this day. That's incredible. Um, you know, DITC has been, you know, going 25 years plus strong. Uh, what is for you, what is uh, the important in 2020, what is the importance of uh, DITC for you as a person, but also as an artist? Just the name in itself, like, yo, digging in the crates. Like, when you say that name, or when I hear people say, yeah, I was digging. I was digging for some shit. I was digging in the crates for some shit. I look at people and I smile because um, at the end of the day, I don't think nobody would be, be saying that phrase if it wasn't for DITC. Like, these guys literally, you know, was putting a legacy together and they didn't even realize it. And I'm talking about um, Diamond and Showbiz at first. It wasn't Nobody else, you know what I'm saying? It was them two first. Ness was around or behind them. You know, they all from the same hood, but, you know, digging in the crates was Diamond D and Showbiz in the beginning. And mm. in turn, I would have to say Premier too. Premier is a, is a official, unofficial DITC member. Like, they produced for Ness's first album. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think these guys foresaw what what was to be 30 years, almost 30 years later. Like, you can't ask for shit like this. Like, it just it either happens or it don't. That's not, and, and, and my last question, OC, thank you so much for this time. Um, what, what What's next for you? I mean, what are you, are you working on anything uh, as a producer or even, even as, as an MC? What can we expect, I think, more for you in 2021? I don't know, man. Like, shit, I'm hoping the world don't end. <laughs> <laughs> we starting to look, this shit starting to look, you know, the vaccination thing, all the shit. Like, we're going to see how it really gets in the next couple of months, next few weeks, you know. But, um, I mean, I'll be 50 this coming May, so I got one more album. I want to, I want to complete my circle with a, with a, with another album, this should probably be my last solo album, you know. But uh, I've been just um, filtering through music, seeing what I want to talk about. It's a lot of things to talk about. I just don't want to talk about this pandemic shit, man. But that's the only scene. That's the that seems to be the topic for all of us, you know. This is some real life shit. So, but I'm trying not to. Just talk about that, man. Like, you know, I, um, 
I'm just trying to figure this shit out like everybody else. And once I get uh, 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 wrap my mind around what I'm gonna do, I'm, I'm gonna get to work because I gotta get this shit done before May. That's my my goal. Hopefully, we could tour some more, which I don't know. <laughs> like, right. you need a vaccination to go overseas. You shit, you gonna need a vaccination to get on a a plane domestically if if they can help it. So I don't know. I don't know what's to come. I'm just living, breathing, staying in shape, and hopefully, you know, twenty we'll we'll get to see twenty twenty two. He's obviously the the an incredible artist. Uh, this is a tr- for me is a true honor to have you if you on the podcast. Uh, he's uh, the legendary OC. Uh, thank you so much for being on Library Rap, the hip hop interviews with Tim Iron and Cal. I I really appreciate this. Thank you. Nah, man, your 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 um interviews is incredible. I watched Bucky joint. I watched a couple other joints. You know, um, what more can I say, man? Like shit, you're incredible yourself. Pray God save y'all cause we back Nah, we never left With that being said, let's skip the preliminaries From the start of this here joint The bass line's heavy, got me like It's how my man Freddie Fox sound off his trademark And I go, yo, yo I'm living, not in a sense of anger Meaning the flow serious from years of experience Heavily sore for in my field For the verbal ethic I instill Rank General Omar the black Humphrey Bogard These other rappers suck like blowjobs At the expense for lack of a better word I couldn't build a better trap To attract vermin than a burner Still running with my road dogs Militant rap, this how it goes, y'all Fizzy Womack with General Omar We don't do half, we wanna hold y'all Let me show y'all, let me show y'all The company I keep is my cohorts Top of the food chain, they should've told y'all BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.